important for us to lean on our support networks when we need it. It scares me though. I hate having to lean on other people. I like to be in control. Talk about that. Well, <clears throat> my dad is dead. <laughs> Enemies to lovers. Hello and welcome to Enemies to Lovers, the podcast where Alex and Shay, two former college roommates who went from enemies to, to lovers. lovers and business partners. This podcast explores dating, polyamory, kink, ethical non-monogamy, and just life and sleep deprivation. We also feature guests who will ask us questions and share their stories. So keep an open mind. Please subscribe. And as always, stay curious. <laughs> lovers let's get into it so today we wanted to talk about health alex's health problems ironically enough we're doing this while very sleep deprived and probably sick so if we sound strange this is <laughs> this is the sexy voice the rasp is here do the theme song we were enemies <laughs> put it on it Enemies to lovers. Best you ever sounded. <laughs> Gonna get a record deal. <laughs> um, yeah, so health. So one of the things we wanted to mention, too, is health and barriers to dating. And we'll get into that later. But it really is hard to date and want to, like, meet new people and want to be intimate when you don't feel well. So what's wrong with your body? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's probably about a year ago which if you don't know Hashimoto's is an immune autoimmune disorder where your body attacks your thyroid until it stops working eventually are you good in general yeah no (laughs) okay okay I mean I'm okay and your thyroid and I didn't know this because you know why would I know this before I had this issue your thyroid controls a lot of shit in your body (laughs) yes your Your metabolism, your ability to lose or gain weight, hair loss or not, um, your mood, your hormones, your heart rate. There's just so much. Your appetite. And I hadn't really had any symptoms when I got diagnosed. So I went to get a new PCP because, you know, adulting. I had not had an adult PCP before. (laughs) I'd still been going to my pediatrician back home in Alabama. Um, They were like, yeah, uh, you're almost 30. Go get a doctor that's for your age. That's funny. They're like, please get out of my office. Mm-hmm. And so, And I have lived in Atlanta for like six years now. So I'm like, okay, I should probably have a doctor in Atlanta. So I ended up going to a PCP that I got recommended by a few people. And, you know, she ordered the new patient paperwork, new patient blood work. And they do this whole panel of tests. And I guess that's standard. I'd never done that because I'd been going to a pediatrician. So in the blood work, they figured out that I had thyroid issues. She was like, okay, well, your thyroid's definitely not doing so hot. Um, let me send you to an endocrinologist so you can find out a little bit more. So I went to an endocrinologist. They did more tests, found out I had Hashimoto's. I think they look at some kind of antibodies to figure that out, and I had them. And so they sent me to get an ultrasound of my thyroid. So they do like an ultrasound of your throat, kind of like if you're pregnant, except your throat's the pregnant one. <laughs> um, so I went and did that, and... Yeah, basically, with Hashimoto's, you're at a higher risk to eventually get thyroid cancer. So I'm going to have to get an ultrasound in my throat every three years forever now. Lovely. To keep an eye on that. Definitely get your pap smears, too. Hey, I need to do that. I haven't done that in a minute. (laughs) So fun. Wow. 
But the endocrinologist put me on levothyroxine, a type of thyroid medicine that basically replenishes the hormones that your thyroid's not creating or releasing because it's getting fucked by the Hashimoto's. Do you wish that you got diagnosed sooner? Um, no, not necessarily. I don't think, I mean, I haven't really had symptoms. Okay. It's not super obvious symptoms because some people go to try to get diagnosed because they've been having symptoms and they're frustrated. I had no idea I had any issues. And then they, the PCP was like, <laughs> yeah, like, fine. The PCP is like, you're not in the range you should be in for your thyroid. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I had never heard of anything like Hashimoto's before. And I was just like, what is this? But um, yeah, so I'm kind of in the process right now of trying to figure out if it's the Hashimoto's, if it's the medication, because some people have like a reaction to the generic brand of levothyroxine and they need like the brand version brand name did you take your meds today did i take my meds <laughs> yeah i did this may or may not be a reference to a mental breakdown i had due to not taking my meds at some point don't worry about it listeners don't worry but i've been i don't know I don't know if the symptoms are from the thyroid stuff or from the medication, but I've been having (coughs) like a really fast heart rate all of a sudden sometimes, like heart palpitations and stuff. And when that shit's happening, it's scary. (laughs) And you're not really thinking about dating or wanting to like meet new people. So I'm kind of still in the process of figuring that out. I might need another cough drop in a sec. You did it quite a bit after your diagnosis though. Because if you got diagnosed a year ago, you've had four, like six partners since then. Yeah. Well, the issues have have started mostly like in the last month or two. Okay. Is it your body saying fuck your medication side effects? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think I need to try one of the brand name versions of the thyroid medicine and see because I'm in a bunch of Hashimoto's groups on Facebook, you know, trying to do the research. And I've read in a lot of groups that people have issues with the uh, uh, generics. Generic versions, yeah. Okay. So I'm hoping that's the issue. You've been on the generic for a while, though. Like a year, yeah. yeah. Did the, the side effects just started happening or did it kick in earlier? Like the last month or two. That's so unfortunate. You've had a rough last month? Yeah. Yeah. Does it interact with your like psychiatric medicine? So I take Zoloft. Um, I don't give a shit. I'll say it. <laughs> I take Zoloft for depression and anxiety. We support SSRIs. Yeah. If you need it, get medicated. No judgment. If you don't need it, that's okay too. Um, no, I don't think they're supposed to interact because what Levo is, is it's, as far as I understand, I'm not a medical professional. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. This is not an educational podcast. As far as I understand, it's just replacing the hormone that your body naturally makes. It's more so like you have to remember to take it every day. Yeah, it's not really a medication. Along with the Zoloft. But it is because... You know, it has fillers and stuff because it's just a pill. Yeah. So that's the stuff that you can have a reaction to. But the actual stuff that you're taking it for that is important is just what your body makes naturally. I love how educational that was. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't know. And I haven't really talked to you or any of my friends about this because I'm like... I don't know. Health issues are weird. I am a friend. (laughs) Enemy to lover. Do you... Is that why you took a break and took a step back from dating for the past month? I know you haven't gone... When was the last time you went on a date? 
Um, I mean, a few weeks ago, I was in Cleveland, and I ended up hooking up with a guy I met on Tinder. Let's specify timeline, since we're recording, like, six weeks out before this probably releases. Yes, so it is currently... November. November. <laughs> it's November. It's currently November, okay. around November 10th. I don't know the exact date. Um, I was in Cleveland in September. I went twice. So this Sorry. was in October. October. <laughs> like mid to late October, uh, visiting some friends and doing some comedy shows. Yeah. So that was probably three to four weeks ago, last time I hooked up with someone new. Have you just not wanted to hook up with anyone in your local area? Um, I mean, I'm open to it if I meet the right person. But when you're, like, having health issues... And the health issues I'm having, it's, like, random as fuck. Like, one day I'll feel completely normal. And then all of a sudden my heart rate's, like, racing. And, like, I'm sweating. And I'm, like, you know, hot and cold. You get heat co- heat flashes and cold flashes, too. It's There's so much shit um, that you don't realize your thyroid controls. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't feel well. Like it's scary. And you're just like, I don't want to go out and leave the house, you know? So does, how does that affect your relationship with your primary partner? Well, (laughs) I love podcast God. (laughs) He's been dealing with his own lovely set of issues lately, dealing with some stuff emotionally with a therapist, um, a trauma informed therapist which just in general affects you, right? Stress and trauma and your mental state affects you. And then on top of that, he has sleep issues. He's been diagnosed with like everything you could possibly imagine for sleep. Sleep apnea, RLS, PLS, PDS, something like that. Periodic limb movement, PLM. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's not okay. No. Uh, we've tried the, what is it called? The thing where you have the oxygen at night. Um, CPAP machine. Mask? We've okay. tried the CPAP machine. That didn't really help. Because uh, for some people, they just can't get used to it because it's kind of uncomfortable. So that didn't help. Um, now he had to go to a sleep dentist. And yes, that is a thing. And get fitted for a mouth guard thing. It's not really a mouth guard. It holds your jaw and mouth open at an angle to where like you can breathe more easily at night. Because sleep apnea is not being able to breathe well at night. Oh, interesting. I got fitted for like a night guard, so I stopped grinding my teeth at night. I thought that was the only thing dentists work on. Yeah. Well, like this is like stuff. specifically for people with issues with sleep. Is a specialized. Podcast. Podcast God has a lot of issues with sleep. Yeah. And then on top of that, he has chronic back pain. So there's that fun little fact. So yeah, we've both just been struggling. <laughs> All these uh, Podcast God issues are chronic, right? Like they've been happening for quite some time. Yeah. So his aren't new, but it, you know, when he's having issues and I'm okay, I can take care of him better or help him. But when we're both not okay, we're just both a mess. So I don't know. We've it's been it's been a lot. It's been hard. It's weird too because being 29, um, I mean, I guess I'm lucky, but I haven't had a lot of health issues in my life. And a lot of people when they're still this young haven't. You have heart surgery like two years old. I was I had heart surgery when I was a baby. I don't remember it though. And I've had no like serious things happen since then. So it's I'm not used to like being the sick one (laughs) yeah i can imagine yeah so it's weird and the fact that i had heart surgery when i was a baby i had vsd repair by the way if anyone's listening and is curious i was born with a hole in my heart and they patched that shit up that's actually the whole reason we moved to america for me to have surgery back in the 90s thank you america what about your mom does she have any health issues uh, well she hates doctors oh yeah i mean 
yeah, she's experienced her child having to have heart surgery, her husband dying from cancer. She's been to the doctor a lot for other people. And she's like, I'm done. I don't want to talk to a single doctor anymore. But yeah. I'm not used to like being the sick one. It's weird when you're like, you've pretty much been healthy your whole life. And then you get to a point where this is a big thing that you have to focus on and figure out. And it's like a thing you think about every day. Uh, and it sucks. I'm like, I want to just live my life. I don't want to sit there being like, am I going to feel okay tomorrow? Like, you know? And it's something I'm guessing is hard to wrangle with the fact that it's chronic and that there might not ever be a point where you're cured. Where I'm fully okay or feeling yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I do know is, from what I understand, like once the Hashimoto's fucks your thyroid up enough that it just doesn't work anymore, um, a lot of people get it removed or, you know, if you don't get it removed, it just won't do anything. Then at that point, you should have less symptoms, I think, because at that point you're just taking the same amount of like the medicine every day. Because when you're on Hashimoto, when you have Hashimoto's, your medication level is going to change because your thyroid's getting worse and worse, you know? Does your thyroid stop functioning also that, i was assuming that does bad things um i mean as long as you take the medicine it basically replaces your thyroid function but you have to find the medicine that doesn't give you side effects because they're different ones and hopefully find it before your thyroid stops working yeah so that's fun how worried are you about just general state of the thyroid i mean i i feel like i i know it's gonna just get fucked <laughs> at this point but i just want to figure out how to like control my symptoms and feel okay like symptom management right um yeah and podcast gods and a bunch of like thyroid and hashimoto's groups too kind of doing research i'm also very much what's the word um what's the word when you like are nervous about your health all the time like anxious <laughs> orthopraxia no no, that's not it. There's a word for it. What's it called? Fuck. You are asking us at the wrong time of day. Can y'all tell it's 8 a.m. here? Hypochondria. That's Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think this diagnosis kind of created that in you? Oh, no, no. That dad trauma? Because, so, growing up, having had a heart surgery as a little kid... I don't even remember the surgery. I was really little, right? But everyone around me, all of the relatives, all my grandparents, aunts, uncles, parents, everyone was like, you're so fragile. So my whole life growing up, all the time, watch out. Like, you can't, you know, even though the doctors were like, yeah, you just act like a normal person, do sports, live life. Everyone in my family was like, you know, you're not allowed to do sports. Like, you know, your heart's not, your, your heart has issues. Make sure you're like paying attention to your body. If you have any issues, let us know so we take you to the doctor. So I feel like I've been hyper aware of every bodily function my whole life because I was treated like I was in a bubble. Do you think you're putting yourself back into this bubble? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like it's something I've worked through in therapy and over the last few years of being like, okay, just because my mother and my grandparents and everyone was traumatized by having to watch me go through heart surgery. I imagine that being pretty traumatizing to watch this fresh newborn have to get heart surgery. I was like a toddler when I had it. That's even worse. You're like conscious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it though. Yeah. But they all watched that happen. So I'm, I understand that they were really anxious. They're like, we don't want anything else to happen. But I've had to 
come to terms with the fact that like just because they're anxious doesn't mean that I'm not okay. Like doctors say I'm fine. So let them tell me whatever they want. I'm going to just live my life like a normal person because I've been told that I can. <laughs> so you have to just yeah, I think as long as you're you have to block it out basically. cautious and well cautious enough to like listen to your doctors and make sure you're not going to do anything too reckless. I mean, the only thing they say is just go to a cardiologist every few years to make sure you're still good. Yeah. Then I think you're good. Yeah. Literally no restrictions. Uh, not according to my family, but according to my doctors. Yeah. Like coming many times in a row is fine. <laughs> totally great for your heart. Yeah. I have lots of sex though. Not recently. Not recently, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's weird. And that's something I always try to tell people that have kids with issues, health issues. I'm like, especially if it's an issue that can get fixed and that they won't have when they're an adult. I'm like, don't treat them like they're in a bubble because that's going to fuck them up mentally. It fucked me up for sure. Yeah, I, I think I could talk about those regarding like my disability, but that's for a different episode. And just w- mention it. What's your disability? I am single-sided deaf. So you're deaf on your right, left side, right? Left side. I am genitally deaf. Yeah, I, I grew up a bit with a mother who was very, like, shamed by it. She didn't want to tell anyone. She didn't want me to tell anyone that I was half deaf. She thought I would be treated differently. I'm like, I think the fact that I'm Asian will be worse in the South, but all right. But um, it's something that I just came to terms with eventually and was like, I am okay. There's also like a bit of health anxiety in that it could get worse and I would just become fully deaf at one point, which is eh, very anxiety provoking. But I think we'll talk about that in a different episode. Yeah, we're going to have a whole episode on that and get to know Shay's deep, dark thoughts about being half deaf. Stay tuned. How do you think? Do you think you're going to put a hold on dating and sex until you get off the generic? Not necessarily, but I, I think I'm just going to take it day by day and see how I'm feeling in terms of whether or not I could go on a date, you know, on a specific day. I will mention too, I just thought of this, this doesn't really have to do with health anxiety, but I had a heart surgery back when they didn't really use the robotic, you know, surgery hands. Um, so I was fully cut open. So I have a scar from like basically my collarbone down to like almost my belly button. From where they cut me open. No one seems to notice it though. Right. Unless they're a queer AFAB. Yeah, my tits are just too distracting. And awesome. <laughs> but growing up, I was actually super self-conscious of that too. My my parent, my mom and my grandparents were always like, oh, like, oh, cover it up. Right. They were like, you go to a plastic surgeon when you get older. And I'm like, okay, like this is shameful. I don't want to let people see that I have a scar. But now that I've grown up and I've had sex with a lot of people and no one has ever had an issue with it, I'm like, fuck it. Like, it's just part of me. Did you want to get plastic surgery at one point? Well, yeah, I was like, I should probably get this covered up because this is like shameful that I have this giant scar. Yeah, but the scar means you're, you're alive. Exactly. So isn't that shameful? I think um, our parents' generation tends to put a lot of shame into medical issues. Yes. And that also plays into how they treat mental health. Absolutely. I think our generation is a bit more, well, it's something you can't control. Accept who you are and the side effects that come from health issues. Because I think the people who 
would care about that shit are shitty people and why would you want them in your life and in terms of dating and at some point i think we're gonna try to have someone on that has uh more like permanent chronic disability maybe or more visible yeah more visible disability to kind of get their perspective but because we haven't done that yet but i think in general with dating it's just important to find partners that are understanding and like if you have to cancel a date or if you just don't feel well and want to stay in instead of go out for them to be like okay yeah i understand why that's happening that's cool let me just come hang with you where you're comfortable do you think you'd be able to date someone who's super hyperactive like hiking all the time wants you to go hiking with them (laughs) um i mean i do like hiking i like being outside i like being active but is it something that you can physically manage all the time i mean well i'm poly so it's not like i'm gonna be seeing them all the time (laughs) that's true that's true polyamory tends to be part-time yeah and i mean i'm assuming they'd have other partners they can do more active things with if i can't yeah i think it's a weird thing with polyamory is trying to decide like what kind of commonality you want with all your partners versus how practical is this actually to expect all my partners to like this one hobby yeah i don't even really think about it that way i'm just like if i meet someone that i'm vibing with and we don't have to have something in common even sometimes you just like someone's energy then see where it goes (laughs) that explains a lot of your (laughs) ex-partners yeah we're working on being pickier we You are, yes. I am too, actually. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. But um, do you think, do you disclose your Hashimoto's or is that something sort of, well, they don't really need to know. Well, first of all, it's something that's recent. So no, I hadn't even thought about that idea. (laughs) Um, And I haven't really like dated anyone since I've been having actual issues lately, like the last month or two. Like, I've, I've hooked up with a couple people, but I haven't gone on dates where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to date this person and possibly get a partner out of this. You've never had to go, oh, hey, I need to cancel this date because I'm not feeling good. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Is that something that you're nervous about or you just sort of, well, it might, um, it might take a couple of people before I find someone who's okay with that. Yeah, I mean... I honestly haven't found anyone that hasn't been okay with it if I've had to like reschedule or whatever. So I think it's just about judging the person before you even meet, you know, when you first meet on an app or when you, even if you meet in person, just being like, okay, are you like a chill person? Are you understanding? I don't know. And the thing is, I've been around other people with chronic issues, chronic health issues um, or disabilities. And especially in like the kink space, the kink space is very open and welcoming for the most part to anyone and everyone. And so, I've been around people that have various disabilities or health issues that, you know, publicly talk about, oh, these are the things I deal with, with dating and polyamory. So it's not like something that is new completely as a concept to me, just new as a concept with myself. It's a weird transitioning from going, oh, that person has a health problem to I'm the one with invisible health problem. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You feel more sympathetic to those people or do you feel... A little bit of grief about, oh, I can't, I'm not like fully, I I have health issues now. A little bit of both. I mean, yeah, you definitely grieve the healthy version of you that had no worries about all that stuff. The thing too is mental health is health too, right? And I've definitely struggled with depression, anxiety, just mental health issues. And that can also affect your, you know, ability or want to date, which you can relate to because you've had some depression this year. Do you think this would be harder to come to terms with if you did not have a long-term committed partner? 
Probably. Because. And the idea of like dating, dating, dating with like. Completely new people as a solo person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Podcast God is very comforting and like a safe space for me. And if I don't feel well, I'm like, all right, please take care of me. And he'll like run around, bring me water, bring me food, make sure I'm okay. You know, if I didn't have that, yeah, it'd be a lot harder for sure. I'm, I've I've got that privilege over single people for sure. <laughs> Is this when we got covers privilege? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably a little bit, yeah. yeah. Now that I think about because I think if I was to get diagnosed with like Hashimoto's or something like that, I'd be very stressed. Just move into my house. I'll be fine. <laughs> That'd be fine. Well, I think that's another thing where we don't realize how much our friends are willing to help us when it comes to health issues because I think like your housemate, your current housemate, who will be on the podcast later. Deja. Shout out to Deja. Do you do you ever feel afraid that someone's gonna get burnt out with the caretaking? Um, I mean to me it's not at least currently I hope it stays that way. Um, it's not currently that intense of caretaking. It's just like certain days I just don't feel well. But for the most part, I'm independent. Um but, I mean, I take care of podcast God a lot, too. Like, with his back pain, sometimes he can't get out of bed, and I have to do stuff for him. So, it's a two-way street, for sure. What happens when you're both not functioning? We're just uh, chilling all day, trying to feel better. <laughs> yep. But I, I definitely think being part of a couple helps. Especially, like, a couple that lives together versus a couple that's just started dating, and they're like, oh, we don't live together. Or even a couple that's long distance. Do you think this would be different to deal with if you and podcast god were still long distance absolutely although i mean when i was in college i had my friends there all the time around me you know so like when we were in college but i will say when i was in college and we were long distance i was a lot i felt like i had to be a lot more independent and a lot more strong because i didn't have my partner there so now i i'm not gonna lie i've definitely gotten used to you're like i am Baby, please take care of me. Yes, always having a person there that I can be like, help, please help. Which I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's very important for us to lean on our support networks when we need it. It scares me, though. I hate having to lean on other people. I like to be in control. Talk about that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> my dad is dead. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, because my dad passed when I was young, I really saw that relationship, that foundation crumble in my mom of having any support system and so that scares me because i know how fast it can be taken away from you so i'm like i really don't want to lean on anyone because i don't know that i'll have that all the time you've kind of not put your eggs in one basket though like i think your mother hasn't put much emphasis on dating or making really close friends i don't know if that's accurate i would just like based on what you've said but you have and I think maybe, yeah. I think it's safer to lean on people when there's more people to lean on. Maybe. And you're not putting all the burden on, like, one person. Not that, like, taking care of people is a burden, but, like, it can get, like, stressful. A lot of the times when something big and traumatic happens, a lot of people leave your life, though. I've that is true. Experience, like, when my dad passed away, a lot of people that my mom thought were friends just were not there for us. I think a lot of people don't know how to react in these situations. And then they just take the route of, bye. Yep. 
when my best friend in high school passed. I was in college when this happened, but my best friend from high school passed. He overdosed. Um, I had people messaging me that I knew from high school that like knew we were best friends being like, so how did he die? Wow. Like they weren't asking if I was okay. They were just like, I just want to know. How did he die? What happened? I'm like, you're not going to see if I'm okay? You're just asking me because you know I know how he died. Did you just call them out on that? Jesus. Yeah. So like people definitely show their true colors when shit like that happens. So that makes me nervous too because I'm like, I don't know. I think these people are close, but what if they don't give a shit if something happens, you know? Yeah, I think that would definitely contribute to the health anxiety of who will actually be left if this becomes a more chronic problem. Yeah. Like, I know my partner would be there, podcast god, but I don't know how many of my friends would, like, consistently be in my life if I was more affected by not being able to go out and, like, having issues and stuff. Yeah. I would like to hope a lot of them would still be around, but I don't know. I think when something drastically changes in a friendship, there's sort of a point where it goes, are we too late to have a conversation about this? Or are you okay having a conversation about this? And people don't know how to start that discussion of like, mm-hmm. hey, I know you're having health issues recently and I know you can't go out as often. Like, how do you want me to treat you? Yeah. Because people go, well, I should just read their mind. Or they go, I don't think I can do what Alex needs. So I'm just going to bow out. Mm-hmm. But you never, they never have the discussion with you first. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because I feel like, whether it's health issues or whether, like, you had something happen in your life, like, someone died. It, a lot of times, all you really need is just to be treated like a normal person. Yeah. And people don't realize that. They're like, oh, there's this whole thing happening. It's like, no, just come talk to me. Come hang out with me. Like, we're just hanging out a year ago before this happened, you know? Yeah. What happens when the health issues affect your ability to be a normal person per se like you can't go out you can't i mean that definitely happens to me sometimes yeah um i just don't go out <laughs> i mean is that something that you feel the need to explain to people or are you just like hey i don't want to leave the house today. come hang out with me in my house yeah i mean like like we said i haven't really dated much since i've had more issues so i don't know yet um but yeah i mean i i will be straightforward about it i think in general, I do like going places and I'm an extrovert, but I don't really like clubbing or doing things like that. So a lot of the things I'd go out and do with friends are easier to do, even if I'm not feeling well. Okay. And I don't really drink alcohol anymore these days. So it's like a lot of the things Bad that- impression. I know. A lot of the things that don't make me feel good, I just don't do. So do you, how do you think it would affect you if this becomes a chronic issue and you- can't be as extroverted as you want. Uh, my mental health would tank. <laughs> I absolutely you think need. There would be a way to like safeguard. I need socialization. It? I mean, I would just invite people over to my place. I don't think I would like never hang out with people again. I think I would just hang out more at home with people that want to come over and like jam, play music, watch TV, play a game, like just talk, hang out, cook together. You hate board games. <laughs> I do hate board games, but I mean, hanging out. I don't know. I'm the kind of person, if I'm really good friends with you or if we get along really well, we could do anything. We could literally go get groceries together and it'll be a fun time. I think the difficult part is meeting new people. Yeah. And like trying to establish new relationships because there's no like former dynamic to fall back on. I mean, being adults and making friends is hard. Oh yeah. That's 
That's true, too. And then the health issue might be, like, add a layer on top. It's funny, too, though, because I feel like as you get older, like, old people always say, you know, the thing you have to talk about is your health issues when you're old. (laughs) Like, that's what you bond over. And I'm like, well, is this the beginning of that? Am I getting old? Yeah, I think it's very uh, true that older generations tend to bond over their health issues. But also, like... In order to bond over your health issues, you need to be able to form bonds <laughs> and like have the ability to be transparent about it and to be okay talking about it without shame and to be someone who wants to build relationships. My takeaway from this episode and just in general, I think everyone should be, you never know what someone has going on, even if they don't look like they have much going on, whether it's health or just life things. Just be kind and try to stay connected to the people you care about. And don't be afraid to have conversations, I guess, about life changes going like, hey, I noticed you haven't been going out as much. Like, would you rather hang out at home? How would you want someone to support you or like reach out to you? Exactly what you said. Yeah, just to be like, hey, we should hang out. I miss you. And a lot of my friends have been texting me being like, "You, I haven't seen you in forever. And I'm like, well, I haven't. Well, let me tell you why. I haven't given them the breakdown. But yeah, just to be like, hey, I miss you. I care about you. Let's hang out. Even if that means just me coming to your house and chilling. What about the times when people don't reach out? Honestly, I don't have time to think about that. <laughs> I'm too busy. I, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm a singer-songwriter. I have a podcast, this podcast. Hello. I have a daytime nine-to-five job. I am busy. Do you think you would be sad if no one reached out, though? Yeah, but I'm too extroverted for that. <laughs> You're like, I thought I'll find new people. I'm like, someone will, someone will be my friend. We love sharing our polyamory, ENM, and queer journeys with others. And health, I guess. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review on whatever you use to listen to podcasts and tell your friends to check us out. Hit subscribe to join the community and tune in next week for the next episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Enemies to Lovers Podcast. That's the number two, not the word. A big thank you to our producer, Alex, today. And if you're gay, trans, or enum, or disabled, reach out. We would love to hear from you. We're always looking for new guests based in Atlanta and Phoenix. We're definitely especially looking for anyone with disabilities, especially visible disabilities, because that's, and someone that's fully deaf, because we wanted to interview someone and kind of compare Shay's experience being half deaf to someone that, well, is fully deaf or hard of hearing. So if anyone is listening that fits into those categories, please reach out if you want to be on the podcast. Or know someone. Yeah, we're always looking for new guests. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I hope we didn't bore you with my health issues. And send send Alex a nice note on Instagram. Anyways, that's that's a a wrap. wrap. We were enemies. Enemies to lovers. If you made it this far, I just want to say thanks for listening Despite me sucking on a cough drop the entire episode, trying my hardest not to cough. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Do you need to sneeze? Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, sir. Recording there. Everybody has a hot mic. Hey. We are hot. Will we We're fuck there. up the intro this time? Absolutely. All right. It's tradition. <laughs> well, <clears throat> my dad is dead.